gospel. Better yet for its hearing. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your God, your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near, no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their masters to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had come at an hour the thief was coming, he would not have left, let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Can you hear me all right? This I'll try to keep that up. We say the Lord's Prayer every morning. We're here at the table. It's given that name because at the disciples' request, Jesus taught his ragtag group of disciples a model for their prayer. It's a prayer we pray often. Some, I know, pray it every day. But sometimes even the Lord's Prayer can be a problem. We can say it even when we don't pray it. It's so familiar to us that we can spout those words as we're going over a grocery list. It's happened to me at the table, leading the Lord's Prayer. I suddenly begin to worry and wonder and think about what comes next. You know, don't want to make any mistakes. The Lord's Prayer has lingered in worship and devotional life over the centuries because it is important. It's about who God is, and it's about what we need to be faithful Christians. We pray that God's kingdom, God's power, and God's glory won't go away. Now there's good news, good news in our reading this morning that God is most generous, God is gracious, 
we read it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. How about that? Where'd that come from? What a trust. God has faith in us to receive and use that gift well. God underlines the gift with an enabling truth. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Heart in scripture describes passion and focus for our living. God invites us to be driven by that treasure. God's gift is news so good that it cannot be kept by individuals. It must be shared. God challenges us to live with passion, shaping a community of God's creation. That's our job, to, to share that treasure, to become the world where deepest human needs are met, where sin is blessed with forgiveness, where community is shaped by living, giving, and loving, both ourselves and those we encounter each day. God's gift is gracious, but it's also challenging. You see, the gift of God's kingdom does not change the kingdom. It's not open to amendments. Some instructions are given with it. Sell your possessions and give alms. As we listen to Jesus' words with spiritual ears, a lot of uh, worldly stuff comes to mind. A lot of images of things and money and stuff start to pile up. You mean sell the new Porsche? <laughs> oh. How about the house? We just put in a pool and, and a new putting green. Sell that too? Uh, just a second. I wonder, is my bank account a possession? Uh, maybe not. Come to think about it, remember that Jesus begins the gift by saying, fear not. We don't say fear not unless there's something to fear, do we? This whole kingdom gift thing could get real ugly. Remember Jesus' meeting with the man we called a rich young ruler? Now to understand what happens in that scripture, we have to see that man approaching Jesus as obviously moneyed, well-educated, very religious and highly positioned in the community. And he is quite pleased with what he has done for himself. Does he come to Jesus seeking the secret to eternal life? Or does he come to prove to the crowd that he already has it? Jesus lists the commandments 
And while Jesus is listing those commandments, he's standing there nodding. And as Jesus is finished, he said, got it, been doing that since I was a kid. Jesus says, well, one more thing. Sell everything and give it to the poor. Then come back and we'll talk. You remember the response. He walked away very sad. It's too rich for the kingdom. God's kingdom cost too much. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I remember hearing years ago a preacher telling me, if you want to know the name of your God, look in your checkbook. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, come on, folks. The secret is out. The game is up. Sometimes we come to worship with our guards up, you know. We hope that we can come here and go through all the motions. We sing, we pray, we hear the scripture, we hear the sermon, we take communion, we make our offering, and we, we carefully trace the steps of worship and we can leave God's knowing, knowing that God's in his heaven, all's right with the world. Returning to the world with our human treasures carefully intact. Well, maybe not you and me, but we know folk, don't we? <laughs> to see the kingdom of God as a treasure a treasure to be claimed with our heart, our passion, our focus, is to begin to understand why God's gift is so costly. Here are a few things about our life that come to mind. The kingdom of God is about treating others like we want to be treated. Even those we try to avoid even those we love to hate. Bible never says that we have to like them. The treasure teaches us that we are to love them with less venom than we have before. To treat others like we want to be treated. Secondly, you know how difficult it is to avoid politics these days. The kingdom gift, the treasure of our hearts, is not so much about bringing, politic <coughs> bringing politics into our faith as it is moving from here and bringing our faith into politics. It's a hard job, but the treasure of God's kingdom lived out in full demands that of us. And I, I wonder sometimes if we don't need a bit more kingdom passion in our worship. 
You know, worship is not about evaluating the music or the sermon or the leaders or the length of the service or the temperature of the room. The main ingredient of worship is God. That's right, God. I remember a story long ago about Bishop Romero who was sent in the <coughs> kind of the mid uh, lower parts of this continent. He was sent by a bishop because he couldn't preach his way out of a wet bag and he thought he would not cause any trouble there but uh, Bishop Romero found an old 10 watt uh, radio station that hadn't been used for years and he dusted that off and cranked it up began to preach simple sermons and my goodness people began to hear. And his church, which had been uh, bombed out so that the steeple uh, was gone and left a hole in the roof, Bishop Romero would not allow that to be repaired until every person in the community had the money and the means with which to live a decent life. But the kingdom is costly. One Sunday, as Bishop Romero was lifting the host at the, at the table, he was shot by one of the uh, police of the community that was governing all things. The kingdom is a gift from God and needs to be moved and used throughout our community. Whether we like <laughs> persons or not, whether we like what's, especially when we don't like going, what's going on, the world needs God's community. Kingdom life is not about others that fail. It's about us and what we learn about living God's kingdom and claiming the treasure and giving it away. Remember a story about a man, a very important man who dashes through a busy airport on his way to catch a very important plane to a very important meeting. And on that rush, He's, he catches the corner of a puzzle box, a new gift that a kid had received. And that box and those puzzle pieces went all over that place. Well, the man looked toward the gate to which he was rushing, and he looked to the kid who could not move because he was looking at all of his 500 puzzle pieces and that empty box laying before him. Then the man sits down his briefcase and invites the child to help him gather up those puzzle pieces into the box. And after the top of the box had been put on and all the pieces secured, the man picks up his briefcase 
and goes to see if he can find another flight. And the kid looks up at him and says, Mr. Are you Jesus? Later in that flight, the man was thinking about that. And he thought, well, I guess in that moment, I was. In the following moments, we offer a time of response and meditation about the gift of God's kingdom. How close is the treasure to God's kingdom and your heart? Or to put it in another way, Mr. Ma'am, are you Jesus? <laughs>